Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This morning we're in our fourth and final part of the kingdom parables as Jesus has been teaching in the parables. And if you haven't been with us, let me tell you that the word parable comes from two Greek words. You probably know if you have been here. Two Greek words, para, which means, you can call out here, para, which means what? Alongside. Very good. And the other part of the Greek word of parable is bole, which means to throw or to place. So we have the word parable literally means alongside and to throw or to place. Jesus, the Bible says, taught in parables. In other words, Jesus would take a story and, and throw alongside of it, an earthly story and throw alongside of it a heavenly truth. And thus we have the word parable. So a parable, do you know it? is an earthly story, say it with me, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now see, you get it. That's a simple definition of a parable. I like to say it's a short little story with a great big meaning. I like that. And so far, we've looked at six of the eight parables in Matthew chapter 13. The first parable, if you were with us, let's just do a quick review. The first parable we looked at was the parable of the seed and the sower. And remember I told you, the point of the parable was not the seed nor the sower, but the soil. The soil represents the heart. And in this parable, we see Jesus taught us Some of the seed missed the soil, and it fell by the wayside. And it was snatched away by the birds, the Bible says. And for some, the word of God or the seed fell on stony heart, which was a picture of the person who receives the word. We all know people like that. They receive the word with joy. They're excited. You want to get saved? Yes. They come down. They're excited. But then when they go away, the trials and the testings and the trouble and tribulation, and the Bible says that that word is stifled and it's choked out and the person is offended. And then there are some who receive the word of God that fell among the thorns. And the thorns represent the cares of this world, money, desires of this life. The word is choked right out of their life. And then there are those who receive the word the seed of the word of God in good ground and it took root and it brought forth some 160, 30 fold. We talked about that. Can I ask you a question this morning? How's your soil? 
Are any of those pictures representative of you? This morning, is your heart soft? Are you ready to hear? Later on in this chapter, it goes on to say, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. That's not talking about physical ears. It's talking about spiritual ears. Jesus is simply saying this. Listen, the person who has spiritual ears to hear, hear what I'm saying and respond to it as he's teaching the parables. So this morning, turn on your ears. Ask God, you know, church shouldn't be about just coming to church just because it's Sunday morning. You should come to church with the heart of God. I've got my spiritual ears turned on and I'm ready to hear what the spirit has to say to me. Because the seed of the word of God is powerful. And it is an amazing thing how when you take the seed of the word of God and you just teach the Bible, just casting out that seed. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit takes the seed of the word and plants it in your heart and the very thing and the very word that you needed to hear, you hear that? And there's 400 plus people in this room right now and every single one of you can get something different out of the word of God, although it's the same word being taught to 400 plus people. Don't you see? That's spiritual, man. That's the Lord. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only the Spirit of God can take the Word of God and touch every single one of your hearts in a different place. And everybody walks out and says, yeah, I got something out of that. So if you have ears to hear, spiritual ears to hear, then hear what the Lord is saying as we've been going through these parables. The first one we talked about was the parable of the seed and the sower. The second one that we talked about was the parable of the wheat and the tear. And then we talked about the parable of the mustard seed. And then we shared about the parable of the leaven. Remember that one? The woman who hid the leaven in the bread and the whole lump was leavened. And then last week, if you were with us, we talked about the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl of great price, which spoke of people entering into the kingdom. If you weren't here for any of these teachings, you can order them in the tape library. Got a pen? This morning, we're going to talk about two more parables and actually our final two parables, the parable of the dragnet and the parable of the householder. Fascinating. Look in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 47. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew. What what was full? The, the, The net. They drew to shore and they sat down. And they gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. And so it will be, Jesus explains this parable, so it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth and separate the wicked from among the just. And cast them into the furnace of fire, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? And they said to him, yes, Lord, I don't believe they did. I really don't. I was telling them first service, you know how it is when you're in school and a teacher asks you, do you, do you understand something? And you say yes, when you know you don't. It's like me in algebra. I'm not good in math, y'all. 
I'm, I just, it's not one of my subjects. Everybody has their subject. Math is not mine. I just don't get it. And, and, and my mom is here today, and she would tell you that I just never got it. And I'd be in class, and the teacher's teaching, and she'd come up to me, Rodney, do you understand these things? And I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. And soon she walks away, I go, no, I don't. I don't get it. And I think the disciples, they were normal guys. They weren't like, you know, we think holy apostles. And they were normal guys. And I think they were like any other guy who didn't want to look stupid among the other guys. And so Jesus said, do you understand these things? And they said, yes, Lord. And then he said to them in verse 52, therefore, every scribe, and here's a second parable, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasures Notice this, very fascinating, things new and things old. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and it gathered every kind of fish. Now, as Jesus, remember an earthly story with a heavenly meaning? As Jesus is teaching this particular parable, might I add the disciples really understood this one. If they didn't understand any of them, they understood what he was getting to hear about the dragnet. Because remember, four of the 12 disciples were fishermen. And the rest of them, well, they lived in an area where the fishing industry was the industry of the culture. And so most people understood this idea of fishing. In northern Galilee, when we take our trip, you'll be with us and you'll see it's a very, very beautiful area. But particularly in northern Galilee, there are 25 different species of fish. There are three common ways of fishing. First of all, and if you know anything about fish, you know this, the simple hook and line. Matthew chapter 17, verse 7 talks about Peter, who sent out a simple hook and line. He caught a fish, and in the mouth of that fish was what? A coin. You remember that. The simple hook and line was one method of fishing. And then secondly, there was another method of one man casting a net. A man would wade in the water, and he'd go out and he'd take a net. And he would just kind of cast that net over a school of fish, the second type of method of fishing. And then we have the third and the final method of fishing, the dragnet. Now, the dragnet method of fishing is what Jesus is talking about. There were two very large boats. Between these two very large boats was a very large net. And these boats would just kind of drift out into the water. And they would just stay out there for hours. And this net, this very large net, would drag along the sea and gather in fish. As a matter of fact, this net was so large, it would gather in all kinds of things. It would gather in weeds. It would gather in bottles and cans and and all kinds of... How you know they didn't have cans back then? (laughs) Y'all like, why they didn't have cans? Come on, man. How you know? You weren't there. But they'd gather in all kinds of stuff. And get this, the fishermen would get back to the shore. They would begin to go through the net and they would take out the good fish 
and put them in a basket. And they would take the bad fish and they would throw them away. Now in verse 49, look at it again in your Bibles. Jesus explains the parable and he compares the dragnet, notice this, to judgment. Jesus says, just like the fishermen were separating the good and the bad fish at the end of the world, the angels are going to come and separate the wicked from the just. This sounds exactly like the parable of the wheat and the tares. You remember, the wicked will be separated from the just. If you fast forward, not now, to Matthew chapter 25, you'll see the sheep and the goat. At the second coming, Jesus will separate the sheep and they will go into the kingdom and the goats will be cast into hell and destruction. And here in our text, the angels will separate and cast the wicked into the furnace of fire where the Bible says, now listen and listen close, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. What are we talking about? What is Jesus talking about, Rodney? Jesus is talking about, here it is, the H word. The H word? Yeah. Jesus is talking about hell. Now, I know it never fails, as a matter of fact. Whenever I preach a sermon about hell, you can hear a pin drop in the audience. It's an amazing thing. Why? Don't you find it fascinating? There are two things in the church you do not hear much talk about today. Number one, hell. Number two, the blood. Doesn't that just strike you odd? Now, you can hear plenty of teaching on health, wealth, prosperity, name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. You can hear as much teaching as you want anywhere, anytime, any place. Turn on TV, you can hear it. Don't misunderstand me. We serve a God who provides for us. Amen, saints? We serve a God who loves us, cares for his children, has never seen the righteous forsaken, nor has seed begging bread. He will always take care of you if you agree with that. Say amen. amen. But... We also serve a God who is a God who will judge the unrighteous. And I'm amazed at how people just won't talk about the, I love singing songs about the blood. You cannot sing enough songs about the blood of Jesus. You know why? Because when the world's going this way here, they're not singing about the blood. Pastor Rodney in Calvary Chapel wants to go this way. Don't follow the world and you'll always be all right. You'll always be fine. You always go in the right direction. If the world's going that way, you go this way. If the world's going this way, you go that way. And you'll always know you're following the Lord because people are not going to be going that way. That's a whole nother sermon. I love singing songs about the blood. And I love it when it's the blood, it's the blood. It's the blood, it's the blood. You know that song, the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. I can't sing the whole song right now because I got to preach. People are not talking about the blood. Ah, that's yucky. We don't need to talk about the blood. Let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, you are a Christian by the blood. If you are a Christian, you're here today, you're here because of the blood. Jesus died on Calvary Street and shed his blood. And without the blood, 
we're all lost. We got to preach about the blood. We got to keep that as the forefront of our Christianity. And when the world's talking about it's yucky stuff, I'm saying, no, thank you for the blood. And we don't hear much talk about hell because it's not politically correct. You don't talk about hell. I mean, people have all kinds of ideas about hell. I recently read a survey that said it was determined that 35% of Baptists, get this, 54% of Presbyterians, 58% of Methodists, 60% of Episcopalians do not believe in a literal place called hell. 71% of the eight leading seminaries in the United States do not believe in either heaven or hell. That should shock you. That's alarming. Doc, that's alarming. When in fact, the Bible is clear. Jesus believes in hell. The devils believe in hell. The Bible has a lot to say about hell. Hell in the New Testament alone, the eternality of hell is mentioned 126 times in the Bible. The, the reality is hell is a real place. And most certainly in the church today, we do need to preach about hell. We need to tell people about hell. If I am a pastor and I say that I love you, then I got to tell you about hell. I got to preach about hell because it's important to me. Listen, it's important to me that when I stand before God, like Paul the Apostle, said in Acts chapter 19, he said that I have not, chapter 20, he said that I have not declared, shunned to declare unto you, talking to the Ephesian elders, I have not shunned to declare unto you the full counsel of the word of God. A part of the full counsel of the word of God is the doctrine of hell. And I cannot stand before God and say, God, I have preached the full counsel of your word if I don't tell you about hell. There was a bishop, an evangelical bishop of Liverpool. His name is J.C. Ryle. And he said, listen to this. The watchman who keeps silent when he sees the fire is guilty of gross neglect. The doctor who tells us we are getting well when we are dying is a false friend. And a minister who keeps back hell from his people in his sermons is neither faithful nor a charitable man. That's true. Jesus talked more about hell than any other prophet or preacher in the Bible. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, get this. Jesus talked more about hell than he did about love. Now, things that make you go, hmm. Did you know? Jesus talked more about hell than he did about love because he spent more time showing love than he did talking about it. But Jesus talked about hell more than any other preacher or prophet in the Bible. And basically Jesus says simply this, you don't want to go there. Now the kids say, oh, you don't want to go there. No, you don't. You really don't want to go there. He knows what it's like because he's actually been there. Now, I realize people have different interpretations about hell and about the doctrine of hell. Some people talk about even after you die that there's annihilation. 
They talk about annihilation, meaning you just go into nothingness. There are some people who believe in hell on earth. Can I tell you something? This is not hell. I don't care how bad your life is. This is nothing like hell. Nothing like hell. For the Christian, this is as bad as it gets. For for the non-believer, this is as good as it gets. Because from here, it's downhill. No pun intended. You see? So Jesus has a lot to say about hell. People have different ideas about hell. and I don't want to take time to talk about all of them, but I will just simply tell you this. People who tell you that they don't believe in hell, I, 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 I hear you, but, but you got to understand something. If you're here this morning, you don't believe in hell. May I just say to you in love and respect that just because a person doesn't believe in hell does not make it one degree colder or one minute shorter. It doesn't. Hell's a real place. Hell is a real place. It's a place of outer darkness, the Bible says, where there's weeping and and, and gnashing of teeth. Hell is totally dark and miserably hot. You can't see anyone, but you can hear the torment. Body and soul will be tormented in hell forever. And get this, that has probably got to be the worst thing about hell is that it is forever. You see, if you've got problems in your life today, well, understand something. Someday you've got a light at the end of the tunnel. You're thinking, hey, it's bad now, but it's going to get better. But in hell, it's not like that. In hell, the worst thing about hell is that it's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It never gets better. It never ends. It's got to be the worst thing about hell. People say, how can a loving God send you to hell? A loving God doesn't send you to hell. Matter of fact, a loving God hates hell. God hates hell. He hates hell. Hell was not created for men. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. That's why they call it a devil's hell. Because it was created for the devil and his angels. God hates hell. As a matter of fact, in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23, it says, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God? And not that he should turn from his ways and live? You see, God wants every person to go to heaven. Everybody. He wants everybody. But the truth is, everybody doesn't want to go to heaven. And so God being a gentleman, he honors people's decision to not be with him in heaven. If you don't want to be there, then you're going to hate it. And he's not, he doesn't want you to hate where you are for eternity. So if you choose hell, that's your choice. That's not God's design. So the question then is, where are you going to spend eternity? Everybody has eternity. Did you know everybody has eternal life? The question is, where will you spend it? We all have eternal life. Where will you spend it? The Bible says that it is appointed unto men once to die and then judgment. We're all going to die someday. We're all going to take our last breath and we're going to die. Where are we going to spend eternity? And listen, if we truly believe in this doctrine of hell, then we need to tell people. I'm not saying tell them, you know, hey, man, how you doing? Good. Oh, did you know you're going to hell? That's kind of not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you really believe it and you really love people and you really care for people and you got a friend, then why don't you tell them about the realities of hell if they don't know the Lord? 
Listen at this letter. I've read it in the past. I'll read it again. It says, my friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're the blame somehow. While on this earth, I walk with you day by day and never did you point the way. You knew the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell the story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me safe to him. Though we live together here on earth, you never told me of your second birth. And now I stand this day condemned because you failed to mention him. You taught me many things, that's true. I called you friend and trusted you. But I've learned now that it's too late. You could have kept me from this fate. We walk by day and talk by night, and yet you showed me not the light. You let me live and love and die, and all the while, you knew I'd never live on high. I called you friend in life, and I trusted you in joy and strife. And yet, in coming to this end, I see you really weren't my friend. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.